When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan Carpenter. Howdy, y'all. And Fred Owens. Hi there. And uh, guys, we are you know about one, almost one week into spring training games here, so I uh, have a little bit to go on, but not enough uh, yet really to make any assumptions as far as battles go, but we'll get into that a little bit. Also, obviously, have some news coming out of spring training to talk about, as well as some news about the um, upcoming season overall that we want to discuss. But first thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Max Freed being delayed uh, because of COVID concerns. Apparently, he's come in contact with somebody who has COVID, and so his uh, spot in the rotation was skipped um, on Friday. And so obviously, you know, Max Freed hasn't tested positive so far. Uh, David O'Brien tweeted out said Freed has tested negative uh, for the virus, but Braves will be cautious with it. Um, you know, so that's great that he, you know, hasn't tested positive. But obviously, you know, we're almost three weeks away from the start of the season, and one of our best pitchers, you know, is is slightly delayed. I don't think it will be. Uh, a huge thing as long as he's able to, you know, start sometime next week and get three or four starts in before the regular season. Everything should be fine at this point. But, uh, Alan, go to you first. You know, any, any concerns, uh, on Freed and him possibly being limited to, to start the season as far as pitch count goes? Well, it depends whether he actually ends up testing negative all the way through, I guess. But yeah, he, uh, probably has, been throwing on the side, throwing uh, batting practice and and such like that. So it isn't like he's been completely shut down. In fact, he could probably go ahead and continue throwing a little bit on his own somewhere. But depends how long this lasts. If the usual protocol of waiting about three or four days to make sure that uh, he's really truly negative uh, holds, then it could set him back you know, a little bit. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a real huge deal. The 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 trick will be whether he can get enough innings in uh, to stretch out and to face live competition sufficiently so that he'll be ready to, for the uh, opening week in April. The other part is he could just simply be put on the end of the rotation as well and, and not miss too much time. Uh, he doesn't have to necessarily be the opening day starter as it is. So if the diagnosis continues that as, as we've heard so far, then there's a lot of creative ways that they can get around that. But, uh, everybody's going to be innings limited to begin the season anyway. So I'm not terribly worried about it, uh, yet. Yeah, you did bring up one interesting point there that I hadn't thought about yet is, you know, the opening day starter, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean a lot, but it is kind of, uh, you know, a ceremoniously thing to, to have, you know, your opening day guy. And, um, you know, with Soroka, obviously likely not going to be ready for the beginning of the season and now free not, you know, those are your two top options, you know, could see Charlie Morton get an opening day start for the Braves, but, um, you know, certainly for Freed, like I said, not a, a huge deal. It's not like he's, 
injured at this point and he is tested negative. Um, so as long as he, you know, is able to start sometime next week, I think he'll be fine. Like you said, he may just, you know, not be ready right out of the gate. They may have to put him at the end of the rotation to start the season. But, uh, Fred, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the new protocols are for this, how long we have to wait and, you know, when we could possibly see Freed, you know, in a spring training game. Well, as far as I'm aware, as long as he hasn't tested positive, they're just making sure, okay? There's nothing for him, I don't think, forcing him to stay away other than the team right now. Uh, and even even if he doesn't start until next week, I still think he makes opening day start. It's, it's you know, Alan pointed out quite correctly, we're not going to see a lot of innings of a lot of pitchers. He can be ready to do five innings by opening day. I'm I'm really sure about that. And if he's not, you know, Ian Anderson probably earned, earned a shot at that rather than give it to Morton or Smiley or somebody. I just think it's they're try uh, what it's the phrase the catchphrase now is abundance of caution. Out of an abundance of caution, the Braves are saying, uh, "Stay in your room for a while." <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. we want to make sure we want to make sure this is all right. I'm not particularly worried about it. He tested negative. Uh, it's, it's just the kind of thing that happens to Max. You know, he gets a blister. You know, he stubs his toe. Something happens uh, to Max most years. Uh, but um, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I, that's the least of my concerns right now. Yeah, and it'd be different, you know, if he were a younger guy too that was battling for a rotation spot. Um, you know, Freed's uh, an established guy at this point. Um, so yeah, not not a ton of worry there, but would like to see him get on the mound sooner rather than later. The other big news for the Braves over the past week was the extension of manager Brian Snicker through at least the 2023 season. Um, the extension does include a club option for the 2024 season. And the you know Snicker is 65 years old, so almost takes him you know through his age 70 season. You know I've had my uh, have my questions about Snicker in the past, mainly because of the bullpen. But, you know, there's no questioning his, his loyalty, his, um, you know, his camaraderie with the guys and how they play for him. Uh, Fred, there's never, you know, been any questions about that. But, uh, is, do you feel that Snicker's the guy to carry the Braves, you know, through this contention window to possibly win a World Series? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, the other week, well, I was writing my post all about that. You threw one up, and in mine, in the one I cut out of mine, I said that uh, you know I've had my concerns with him both in game and with some of his player choices, where he relies so heavily on his veterans. But at this point, there are three there are three division championships behind them. The team, the players, clearly love him. He clearly reciprocates that. The clubhouse is. Right now, probably the best it's been since the mid-90s in terms of everybody being on the same page, rowing the boat the same way. Uh, and there's uh, with Ozzy back and, and Ronald coming in with 10 pounds lighter but ripped, uh, looking like you know Captain America coming in. It looks to me like the team is ready to go, and why would you disrupt that when it's going so well? He's got Washington there. He's got Weiss there. Uh, the pitchers apparently love Krenitz, uh and like having him there. And it just seems to me like it changing anything would be a horrible mistake at this point. Aside from that, I like Snit. I mean, he's a homeboy of mine. He comes from, you know, I, he, he was, he went to school about 100, 100 miles north of me. Of course, I went five years before him, but, but at the same point, 
uh, I'm glad to see him make it this far, and he's got them here, and he's lifted them up, and he's been the guy they needed. I wouldn't change him now unless something seriously happened, and I think that option year is just it's just arbitrary thing. He's going to be here till the end of that option year unless he decides to leave. Yeah, no, and it's great. You know, obviously he's a Braves lifer, and I think this extension will, will take him through the rest of his career, uh, you know, with the Braves, obviously. So, Alan, I, I certainly think that's a great thing there. And, and like Fred said, you know, I think the clubhouse atmosphere, you know, with the Braves right now is so great, and I think a lot of that has to do with Snicker. And a lot of times as a manager, that's really your biggest role. Brian Snicker seems to be this generation's version of Bobby Cox, really. He is a player's manager. He uh, is he has their back all the time. He is loyal to a fault. And, I mean, he knows baseball inside and out. He grew up with these guys, a lot of these guys, as he went through the minors. And there's really uh, no reason to, to do anything different than just let him uh, continue to do what he's doing because it's obviously working. I came across an old article back when, uh, at, at the time that, uh, Freddy Gonzalez had gotten axed and they were trying to figure out, okay, um, do we go ahead and keep Snicker in the interim position and hire him as manager or get somebody else? And John Coppolella at the time was conducting the interviews and Snicker comes in and says, well, Thanks for making me manager, and uh, if you don't want me to be the manager, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll just, you know, take a demotion because I'm a Braves lifer. I'd, I'd just soon stay with the team. Okay. Then Terry Pendleton comes in and says, "Well, you know, you really should give Brian a chance at this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Capalil is like, "Wait a minute, what's going on here?" <laughs> and obviously, Snicker got the job, <laughs> but it, it wasn't like everybody was like clamoring for the position. It was it was like uh, they were trying to give it to somebody else. <laughs> you <laughs> but, take it. Yeah. So it, it, I'm glad to see him do it, and I'm glad to see this extension. So we, we've got that done. Now we need Freddie Freeman done. Maybe that'll be done tomorrow by his first game. That'd be great. But uh, we'll we'll see how this all goes. And and I, I like the direction that the team is headed. And we just got to get everything together and figure out what the the bench is going to look like and and move forward from here. Yeah, um, you bring up Freddie Freeman there, obviously set to make his debut this weekend. And, you know, we've been talking so much about that contract extension, why it hasn't been done. And maybe part of that is because, you know, Freddie Freeman's family is growing. He just, uh, he and his wife just had the twins. So, you know, he's been pretty preoccupied, uh, here for a while now. So, uh, maybe now that he is, you know, in camp, maybe things settle down a little bit. Although me having a newborn, I know that doesn't exactly make things settle down once they, once they are here. But um, you know, maybe uh, talks will pick up, and I'm still hopeful that we get to hear that Freddie Freeman extension before the season starts. You mentioned the bench battles as well, Alan. I think uh, I think we have a little bit to go on here uh, after one week. And I don't really think you can gather too much information from the pitching side of things. You really want to see starters make two or three starts before you um, have any major takeaways from that. Uh, but as far as hitting goes, and as far as we're looking at the bench, um, I, I think you know there's a couple of takeaways from me. Jake Lamb is somebody that I've um, you know, impressed with. Obviously, he's only played in a couple games, and I only got to see one of them. But um, he just he looks like a a, a guy up there. Um, you know, a big left-handed um, batter up there. 
the game that I watched, he had a really uh, smooth stroke on a ball that he laced to the left center field gap. So, um, again, short sample size is all these are going to be, but, you know, he's somebody that, you know, has really kind of impressed me early on and somebody that I think will be a solid bench back there and somebody that could push Austin Riley. And, you know, Austin Riley has had some early season success in spring training. He's five of nine at the plate. Uh, but has struck out in the other four at-bats where he hasn't gotten a hit, which is kind of a weird stat there. But Lamb is somebody that I've really, you know, been impressed with. Also, Adrianza is, you know, I wrote about the other day, hit a case for him making the bench. You know, I think he could even replace Johan Camargo on the bench. I think he can he can do everything Camargo can do, but essentially better, maybe not with much his power. Um, but he's also, you know, a switch hitter, can play everywhere, and it's going to put the ball in play. Uh, those are two guys early on that have really stuck out to me. But Alan, go back to you. Any any of the bench bench guys that have impressed you so far, or not impressed you? Well, I don't know that, like you suggest, it's it's too early to suggest that somebody's won a job yet by any means. But I mean, we we've suddenly got guys coming out of the woodwork here. We've got also Jason Kipnis, and here's a guy that I frankly had whiffed on, Ryan Gons. He is on the team now. And I, I looked up and was like, wow, wait a minute, where'd he come from? <laughs> and he's another infielder who can play any position and has major league experience and certainly might have a good shot at, uh, at, uh, one of the bench roles too. He, he got signed on the 25th of February and kind of sneaked in because he's actually not, not showed up on the Braves transaction page either. I think we've got a lot of guys here that, uh, got a shot and, that's good to see because, you know, we were whining and complaining bitterly through the middle of February that uh, there wasn't enough guys on the bench or we had a bench that looked like it was going to be barren. And now all of a sudden we've got several viable possibilities and some guys are going to be left out uh, as it turns out. So I, I'm going to continue to watch that, but I, I don't have any favorites right now. I, I think Lamb is probably the best bet and I thought Kipnis might be, but now Goins is here, and he he probably has as good a shot as anybody and and the other guys you mentioned. So we'll just have to watch and and bring the popcorn. Yep, no, absolutely. It's going to be probably the biggest thing to watch for the Braves is just how that bench fills out. I feel pretty comfortable with everything else uh, as far as you know, position players go and pitchers go. But um, Fred, certainly the bench spots, as we've been talking about for several weeks now, is going to be the key. You know, throughout spring training, kind of figuring that out and, and possibly, you know, into the season, kind of figuring out what they're going to do with the bench. Yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking that Contreras may have a better shot at this than, than Ajax right now. I just think his bat is so much better that even if he's marginally less good defensively, and he's not awful, let's, let's clear that up. If he's marginally worse defensively than Jackson, I think his bat carries him. And so I, I sort of think right now that maybe that's it. Now, maybe Ajax comes around and turns it on, but um, Contreras' bat is, is better. Okay, that's that's there's that. I'm on the Al, uh, Jake Lamb train uh, as well. I, I like I like to ha- like him on the bay. He plays first. He plays third. If if Riley forgets how to hit, Lamb won't. And so I, I think those two are in there. The interesting part for me is is Johan Camargo going to do enough to stick? He had a horrible 2019. 2020 in that little spurt was there wasn't much better. 
He went to the he went to the winter leagues. He played in two different winter leagues, and he didn't hit his weight. Uh, he hit some home runs and and played good third base, but he didn't hit his weight. In other words, he played like a fourth or fifth infielder. And I'm on the verge of believing that if he doesn't grab his socks and pull them up, uh, Adrianza could take his job. And the reason I think that is because Adrianza plays, like you said, more positions. I don't think Adrian Adrianza is any is better at a, as a better hitter necessarily. He doesn't have any power. And and I I saw the Goins note fly across somewhere, but I for, forgot to even look it up. And I'm, I'm not sure that that he's he's in in the in considerations with this. I think Adrianza, who's looked so good this now this again we're in the first week. But he, you know, he's got that ability to play everywhere, switch hit, um, and he can probably still get base now and then. Uh, I just think that um, I just think he's probably the guy if if Camargo doesn't do it. And then we've got Ender. Enciarte is being Ender. He spends his whole time out in the outfield helping Pache uh, with his routes and 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 mentoring. And, and trying to be the guy and trying to win his job back or win a place back so that he gets to stay and play and, and take part of this because he doesn't want to leave. Uh, and, and, and I like Ender as a person. I think he's a great guy and I kind of hope he picks it up, but we have outfielders now and, and we have, you know, we could, we could put Riley out there if we need to, if somebody gets hurt and play Lamb at third. I just think that it's going to be tough. Particularly for Camargo, if he doesn't hit, uh, and I mean by hit, I mean hit the ball hard and not get under it or over it like he's been doing the last two years, and that's been his issue is he's not making good contact, his timing is off, and I want Johan to succeed, but I, I don't think he's got that long a leash, so that's that's sort of where I'm at with the bench. Yeah, no, I think kind of agree right there with you, Fred. Like I said, I think Camargo's on the chopping block a little bit. Um, and, and I like Adrianza. I just I think he's a he's a good viable option there on the bench. And and I like what you talk about the catcher position there as well. I think William Contreras is the better player at this point over Alex Jackson. But and that's why I had Contreras projected to be on the opening day roster. But you kind of talked me out of it because of the fact that it makes more sense for Contreras to get every day at bats in AAA. We'll see how how that goes. Uh, let, let's move along quickly here. We got the the AAA season um, has been delayed, is scheduled to be delayed. Won't start until May, and we'll likely have alternate training sites where MLB teams will be able to have players that they can taxi back and forth, uh, still be able to do that. And then also it was announced that there will be no DH or expanded postseason this year. Alan, any any thoughts on either those news items right there, real quickly, and then we'll we'll get out of here. I'm still trying to figure out what how the uh, alternate trading site and a AAA season is going to work. Uh, the, the, the idea of an alternate trading site is so that the guys who are most likely to get called up to the big leagues in the emergency break glass situation, that, that's where they get to work out and do their training, but obviously not against live competition, which is kind of weird. AAA season would be everybody else who's not in that squad that's, that's any good, uh, which dilutes AAA. Then you've got the the rest of the leagues down below that. It, it's kind of weird. I'm not sure how else you can do it, though, at this, this point. Now, Major League Baseball has direct control over 
all aspects of minor league baseball at this point. They essentially ran their coup over the last year and, uh, they've, they've taken, uh, control of all that. And that includes the idea that they want to get all the players, uh, below the major leagues vaccinated. That works. That, that helps. And certainly it will help player movement back and forth and including from the alternate site to the majors so that you don't have to worry about quarantines if, if they are in fact all vaccinated. So I guess that's the idea behind all this stuff. But at the same time, it's also still disappointing that you still going to end up losing a month of the minor league season because they got to get everything in place before this is going to happen. Yeah. And the big thing there is just, because of what I read anyway is AAA players, when they travel, they fly commercially, um, whereas MLB players, you know, fly pri- privately. And so they have concerns, you know, with AAA players there being commingled with us commoners and possibly picking up the virus and then somebody gets called up and just the potential of it spreading that way. That's what I read was the biggest reason why they want to delay and just see if the vaccine can get more out. The way I understand it is it's basically your AAA team and just those players will be at that alternate site, I guess, just training. Um, But once the AAA season actually starts in May, then they'll start playing games. So, yeah, it's basically like an extended spring training for the AAA team is the way that I interpret it. But um, one more one more aspect of this I'm going to throw in real quick. The vaccine, of course, in most cases takes two different doses that you've got to get injected over a period of three to four weeks apart. And then even after that, full potency doesn't happen for another two to three weeks afterwards. Well, that's like a month and a half. And if you want to get these guys playing by May, then you better get that vaccine vaccine program going by mid-March. And I don't know that that's really happening yet. I don't know that the uh, distribution of vaccines and, and or priority lists will allow that to happen until maybe April sometime. I don't know. But uh, there there's a timing aspect that's going to be interesting to follow here to see whether they can pull off what they've got scheduled. Yeah. And, and Fred, we're, you know, finally – three weeks before the regular season starts and we finally have word on, on the DH and the expanded postseason. It looks like it's definitely not going to happen. So great to finally have that, I guess, be official, but you know, your thoughts on, on the news. Yeah, it's just terribly disappointing that we still don't know which, which side's got the bigger feet. This whole, I won't do this unless you do that thing. This is just childish on both sides. Everybody wants this. The players want it. The managers want it. The owners want it. The only thing that's stopping them is that they're acting like three-year-old children and won't agree that they need this. And let, it's it's not even that big a bargaining chip. I mean, really? It's not. It's, it, it doesn't – I mean, I understand now that it might inconvenience some teams because they can't get the players. But at the same time, it's not – this is not even something that should have been a bargaining chip in the first place. I mean – it's not like it's a dramatic shift in the in the power of one side or another or gives something to one side or another. And this whole idea that you have to have expanded playoffs if you have it is just, again, petty. And that's the way this whole thing has operated since Commissioner Manfred and, and Mr. Clark sat down and Manfred short-sheeted him back in 2016. Okay, ever since then... It's it's just been petty and childish and pick and pick and pick and pick and pick. And I'm not taking sides here. Both sides have just been stupid. 
but uh, I just I think it's disappointing. Uh, and and disappointing is probably as pleasant a word as I can use for it. On the Contreras thing, I think that that's another reason I was sort of leaning towards him now is because they're not actually going to play Triple A ball. Yeah, true. <laughs> and true. he's going to get he's going to get better at bats in the major league, sitting next to Darno and Pisano and and all those major league guys. And you know you can sort of a catcher who can catch can do better at the major league learning to bat just be, by being around people who know how. So I, that's sort of why I'm leaning towards him. It's not that I don't like Jackson. Jackson's more of an all-or-nothing guy. I just think Contreras is a better hitter. And so that's that's that and this alternate site thing sort of made me flip that away. Yeah. No, that's a great point there. I, di- I didn't think about, you know, after the news of the AAA season being delayed, you know, and if Contreras is the better catcher at this point, and I believe he is, then yeah, it makes more sense for him to break break camp with the the team. Um, but yeah, I also agree with you as far as the the two sides, you know, not being able to get along. Um, enjoy the 2021 season because that's all we're going to hear about in the upcoming off season with the CBA negotiations. That will do it for this edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you get your podcast, and make sure that you check out the site, tomahawktake.com, where you can see all the writings from me and Alan and Fred and a bunch of other great writers that we have on staff there. But that will, again, do it for, for this week's episode. Hopefully we'll have a lot more data to go on next week and get into more detail of some of these position battles. Uh, but, again, always thank you for listening. Thank you for reading on the website, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been the opening salvo of the Bench Battles edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of Fred Allen and Jake. No, you can't blame Minute Media except for withholding their supervision. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Gold Rush. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by tomahawktake.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, and yes, you guessed it, we all agreed to shorten this episode to seven innings today to make sure our voices are not stressed for the next outing. We'll be stretching them out come next week. See you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.